0: Your number one source for all things San Francisco Giants, Seattle Kraken, Denver Broncos, and Denver Nuggets. You're tuned in to the Case by Case Sports Show, presented by the Spotlight Sports Network. And now, from Seattle, Washington, here's your host, Jeremy Case. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome. Welcome into our debut episode of the Case by Case Sports Show here. I've rebranded. I've rebranded. I've rebranded and come out, uh, sort of say, a new man here. New man, new show, new everything. Welcome in everybody. Case by Case Sports Show presented to you by the Spotlight Sports Network here. As we are live here on the Spotlight Sports Network. YouTube page, Twitch, my own page. Thank you guys for tuning in wherever you are here. we If you don't know what we are, we are, uh, well, I am a show. I talk about all things San Francisco Giants, Seattle Kraken, Denver Broncos, and Denver Nuggets here as I currently made a decision uh, that covering an entire league was absolutely insane. So now I have chose to switch to focus on my four favorite teams here. As we cover mm-hmm. that, thank you guys for coming in and joining you, joining us wherever you are watching from. So I wanted to kind of start out uh, today by the first segment, as I said, about talking about the Denver Nuggets here, as we're going to start off here. So um, yeah, let's, let's talk about what's been going on with the Nuggets. So the Nuggets, as we all know, last year um, got bounced out of the playoffs uh, after, you know, Jamal Murray went down with a season ending ACL injury, as we all know. So pretty devastating for the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic was basically, uh, you know, tasked with carrying the entire team on his back and wore out because he didn't have proper load management, as I would like to say. So, it kind of wore on Nicola and the pressure got deep and he couldn't do it. And as a result, the Nuggets got eliminated last year in the playoffs. So with that, we kind of run it back. There was a lot of questions, especially heading to the free agency deadline here. Uh, what was going to happen with Will Barton specifically as the power forward on this team? Well, the Nuggets, for some reason, Stupid reason went and re signed Will Barton. They re signed him to a two year, what was it, two year $32 million deal? I believe it was. Yeah, a two. So they signed a two year $32 million deal with Will Barton. And my question is why? Why are the Nuggets, why did the Nuggets see Will Barton as? <laughs> such a crucial piece to this team i don't understand it you know we we all know that last year barton you know he had he had troubles with understanding his role on this team you know understanding that he was not going to be getting starting mo starter starting time you know starter starter minutes hello chicago plays hello john l jackson snake sports talk show how's it going that's good my good buddy jake silva We all know that Will Barton had a lot of trouble understanding his role on this team, that he was not a starter and he was not going to get starting minutes. And he voiced his displeasure and said he was going to walk if he didn't get starting minutes or a starting role and thought he could do good elsewhere. Well, he walked and soon found out that he was not going to get the money he desired, nor the role he desired either. Will Barton needs a reality check and needs to understand that he is not a starter on this team. He needs to understand that, you know, he is a good, solid bench player at best. I mean, just looking at it last year, honestly, you know, only he played 56 games, averaging 12 points and three and three, three and a quarter assists, about. Okay. I mean, his field goal percentage was at 42.6. Shooting 38.1 from the three. That's that's pretty decent, but it was only up three percent from his career on the th- three point percentage, and his actually his field goal percentage was down in his career at 42.3 for his career, and last year was 42.6. Buddy, you're not you're not as good as you think you are. You're a prominent role on this team. Don't get me wrong, Will Barton, but you you are not a starter. You like every time you have open shots, man, you miss them. You, you you beg and bitch and whine and moan for the ball. And when you get the ball and you you have uncontested shots and you miss them. And you're rattling them in and out of the rim. What are we doing here? What are the what are the I don't understand why the what the nuggets really see in Will Barton? I I really I really don't. I I, I really don't. I'm having a tough time understanding that all, but he's with this team. He has resigned two years, $32 million. I don't think he's worth that money, but everybody in the NBA is overpaid right now. So, you know what, what's, what's new with that kind of moving on with some other, uh, another topic for the nuggets here. I wanted to talk about seemingly with the re-signing of Jeff green, he signed a two year to $10 million deal. That presumably means that Paul Millsap is gone. The Paul Millsap era for the Denver Nuggets has ended. Sadly. Um I just don't see any room for him. I mean, he signed a 3-year deal. He it, it's it's up and I really don't see the Nuggets re-signing him or trying to make him an offer. He struggled with injuries his first 2 years. Um he came off the bench He was more of a locker room guy more than anything. You know, in a lot of ways, you could argue that Paul Millsap really, um, what's going on, Fast Sports Simulations? In some ways, you can argue that Paul Millsap really, um, you know, set the tone for the locker room and was a good veteran, uh, had a good veteran leadership role to the young players on this team to bloom to where they are today. The Nikola Jokic's, the Jamal Murray's, the Will Barton's you know, those, those type of players, you can argue that, that he was a great, that's pretty much all he was kind of good for in a way for the Nuggets. He was a good locker room guy. He was a good chemistry guy for the Nuggets. You know, Uh, it's, it's kind of sad to see him go in that role. I wish he could stay around and understand that, you know, he's an aging veteran Mm -hmm. with a ton of injuries and that uh, basically, you know, he's, He's not going to be, he's not what he once was, but he's going to go to the free agent market. And he's going to test his, his, his abilities. And I'm sure a team will pick him up. Great locker room guy, great veteran leadership. Not so great on, on, on the skills there for, for the Denver nuggets, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit crazy when you think about it. And where the Nuggets are headed. I mean, there really wasn't really much moves made by the Nuggets this offseason. And it's kind of concerning. Um, with now half the team being on COVID protocol and Summer League approaching, it's uh, it's kind of concerning to see where this Nuggets... And Jamal Murray's not coming back till the the second half of next year. You know, you're not getting Jamal Murray back until February, January, coming off of that torn ACL, and you're going to have to load manage Nikola Jokic more. You know, I understand that he wants to play, and it's hard to tell a big guy to sit down every once in a while, but he's got to sit down every once in a while. He really, really does. I I don't know. It it begs the question too, with Murray out, who's your number one point guard? Who's your starting point guard on this team? It's a very valid question and kind of concerning for the nuggets kind of concerning here. Um, Lots of questions, very little answers, Um, you know, especially in a stacked West, that's only getting stacked more you know with with the lakers going out and getting carmelo anthony and you know all those acquisitions that they made yeah you can argue that's an old team but it's also a veteran led team phoenix suns re signing chris paul with that young roster that team really isn't going anywhere i i had my doubts about the phoenix suns uh prior going into the the break of this you know, after they got eliminated in the NBA finals. But I, I sat back and I really thought about it. That team really isn't going anywhere either. It, it, it's crazy. You know, you got you, you got the Lakers, the Suns, you know, Oklahoma City's, eh. But a, a lot of your teams, the Clippers still are, are, are a team, are a thing. You know, a lot of your... A lot of your teams in the West are still staying. You know, the, the, now you have the reemerging of the Warriors. You know, Andre Iguodala is thinking about going back to them. Steph Curry is going to be there. Klay Thompson's coming back. You know, you got a lot of teams in the West that are still as good, if not better than they were last year. What's up, Coach Dante? How you doing? Welcome in, everybody. Welcome into the Case by Case Sports Show. Here we talk all things Nuggets, Kraken, Broncos, and San Francisco Giants. Here, speaking about the Denver Nuggets right now, it is, it's crazy. It's really crazy. And I, my, I guess my final thoughts on the Nuggets are this I, I hope this is not it for the Nuggets. I hope they, they go and get another option because you can't do to Nikola Jokic, what you did last year. You can't have him carry this team. You just can't. It's, it's, it it wore on him and it showed in the playoffs. You can't do it. It's, it's not going to go over well. It's not going to go over well. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to take a short, short break here. Let's continue on with the show today. Now I want to talk about the Seattle Kraken. Let's talk about them, man. Let's talk about the Seattle Kraken here. So we all know 32nd NHL franchise. Excuse me. Good God. I have a hard time talking today. 32nd NHL franchise here came in and, you know, it was it was all headed by Ron Francis, Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, in it, Ron Francis is a GM. David Hackstall is a coach came over from Toronto an assistant role and now is a head coach of the Kraken crazy, crazy stuff. And, you know, we had the expansion draft, uh, didn't go as a lot of people thought it was going to go. You know, you first had to carry price situation, you know, is he going to come? Is he going to not, you know, uh, all all that talk that the, the, the Kraken had. What, what were they going to do? Who were they going to take? And the draft list got leaked, leaked before the draft happened. And, you know, it's just uh, everybody was pissed off about that, uh, apparently. But it's like my, 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 my thoughts about that are if you're mad about the draft, stay off Twitter. If you don't want to spo- have spoilers, stay off Twitter. Don't go on Twitter. What are you doing? Get off of Twitter. Stay off of Twitter, man. If you want to be surprised by anything nowadays. Because we all know that's where information leaks first nowadays. So, people were upset about that. And the draft happens and not really any sexy players being taken for the Seattle Kraken. You know, it, it just was a bunch of guys, really, who were underplayed on other teams and now gives them a chance to shine. You know, I mean, he had some big, pretty big names in there. Yanni Gord, Mark Giordano, Jordan Eberly. You know, he had some pretty big names, but for the most part, it was pretty low key for the Kraken. It was pretty low key for the Kraken. And then free agency hits. First of all, before we get to the free agency talk, let me just say something really, let me make something really clear with the Kraken fans. Guys, calm down. It's okay. Ron Francis is playing chess and not checkers here, okay? Ron Francis is playing chess, not checkers. He doesn't want to go out and burn through the cap and get some big names and stiff this team in two to three years, okay? The expansion money has came in. We're in a flat cap time right now. You don't want to overpay guys because it can really handcuff you to some guys later on down the road. It's not going to be a good situation. If you get a bunch of big guys and try to win a cup now, because guess what? In two or three years, that interest is going to flatten the hell out and nobody's going to want to come see your team because you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck by letting those guys go. And you're going to be left with a bunch of, okay at best players, nothing that's going to win you a cup. Okay. So, I mean, you look at the Carolina Hurricanes and how they're co- presently constituted. I said this a lot on my old show, Crossbars and zimbodies You look at the Carolina Hurricanes and how they're presently constituted. Okay. There's some sexy names on there. Andre Snechnikoff, if he stays, there were some sexy names on there when Ron Francis was at the helm. Let's, let us I should really say that. Andrei Shmetchnikov, Sebastian Aho, you know, you had a few recognizable names, but mostly it was a bunch of guys who were just solid, who were just solid, okay? That's what Ron Francis is doing here in Seattle. That's how he's building this Kraken team. It's, It's not going to be a cup. What we saw with Vegas is never going to happen again. Okay? It's not going to happen again. Just get that very very clear here. All right? So free agency hits and everybody was like, "Okay, all right, this is where the Kraken are going to this is where they're going to make all their big moves. This is where Ron Francis is going to go out and really get some guys. You know, they they, they they're still 30 million dollars under it. We got a ton of cap space. You know, we didn't make as much side deals in the draft as we thought we would, but we have money to pay guys. And that didn't really happen either until the avalanche could not come to terms with Philip Grubauer. And Philip Grubauer took off and he left. He left and signed with the Kraken. Now, a lot of people kind of batted their eyebrows here in Seattle about that. They're like, well, what are you doing? You had Chris Drieger, a goalie. He had a really good number one. Why why do we need Grubauer? I'm telling you guys, Ron Francis is a defensive-minded general manager. He builds from the net forward, okay? Chris Trigger is a good option, and he turned into something really good last year in Florida. But guess what? You got a chance to go get a Vesna Trophy finalist. You're going to take that chance. You are going to take that chance as a franchise, okay? You're going to do it. And that's what Ron Francis did. The only problem I have with this Grubauer signing is the fact that he's getting a six by six, essentially six years for about $5.9 million. I don't like that because of Grubauer's age and his injury history. Now, keep in mind, I also am a Colorado Avalanche fan. So I've seen Grubauer. The biggest problem with Grubauer is that when, the avalanche needed him the most. He wasn't there. He was injured. Or in the case of last year, he didn't really see much shots to start out, uh, to, to start out the season and going all through the season. Cause the back, the back D line was great in Colorado. And then as the, as the playoffs wore on and the series with Vegas wore on and the D the defensive end, Fell apart on Grubauer. Grubauer fell apart too. I mean, I know we got a strong D line here in Seattle with the Kraken. I know we do. I get it. I really, really get it. Okay. But if that defensive end doesn't have the chemistry and it's the first year and it starts to fall apart in the playoffs, I don't know necessarily you want to make the call to Drager either. And do we really think that Drager's going to be happy if he ends up being the backup after his contract's up and he's going to is he going to stay? That's kind of my thoughts here. Like is Drager going to stay? Can you keep him happy enough? I, I, I think he's hitting the prime of his career and I don't necessarily think he wants to be a backup. You got him now. You got him signed now. I oh, don't know. A lot of questions there, man. A lot, a lot of questions for the Kraken there. Uh, a, a, a big question that got answered, however, with the Kraken is that they re-signed defensive, uh, I'm sorry, defenseman, excuse me, uh, Vince Dunn to a two-year, $8 million contract with the AAV of $4 million. We all were kind of panicking here in Seattle with Vince Dunn because he had filed for arbitration. Uh, for an arbitrational hearing and basically what happens with that is that uh, there's a certain time period before the the arbitration begins that the team has to converse with the player to try and come to an agreement with the player and we were kind of all sweating it because arbitration is a really uncomfortable process here for a team to go through with a player because you basically have to explain to a player why you don't think he is as good as he is. And Vince Dunn is a good player, but he's not worth top six money. So they did come to an agreement, and a lot of that being the reason why, um, you know, the Kraken had that cap space again. They had the cap space to do it. So, um, great to get that done. They also went out and signed forward Marcus Johansson to one-year $1.5 million contract as well. Uh, good, solid signing. Johansson was a pretty good, solid uh, uh, third liner for the Minnesota Wild last year. So it, it it's, good. It's, it's good. It's a good, solid signing, man. Third, fourth line forward, you got it. You know, uh, still the still biggest question, too, for the Kraken is, where's your number one and number two, your center deck? We got to go out and get those guys, you know. So we, we, you know, the the um ton of ton of signings though by the Kraken. Uh, as as they went and got got another guys a bunch of guys locked up. Excuse me, sorry. Um, good God! I, so I I want to kind of switch conversation here, but it's keeping it within the Kraken realm here. I had a I was like really excited right I was like man the Kraken are coming first game you know uh the, the the schedule was announced during the expansion draft and that the first game would be on October 23rd versus the Vancouver Canucks here our first home game our opening game is against the Vegas Golden Knights on the road in Las Vegas and I thought wow uh you know I gotta be at this game I gotta be at the opening game you know that's kind of how I felt about it. And so I kind of looked into it. I was gonna originally go to one of the preseason games because they were doing it uh, down the road here from where I live. The preseason game, and I was like, cool. I'll just go check it out. It's a preseason game, and it's five minutes from my house. It's uh, not really that much of an inconvenience. And I went to check the ticket prices for that on Ticketmaster, and it was $100 a hundred t- bucks a ticket for nosebleeds for that game. And I was like no <laughs> no uh I'm not going to pay that much money for a game that doesn't mean anything it's a practice game so I thought okay well I'll just I'll, I, when I can just rather save my money and go to a game that means something and that is historical and it's the opening game I went to ticketmaster I got so you had to apply for a lot it was like a a, a lot a code lottery so you, you basically got to put your name in and submit your information, and they would email you if you were selected to get a pre-sale code to buy the single-game tickets. I get the code. I go into Ticketmaster, I'm like, okay, it's going to probably be a couple hundred bucks for a nosebleed seat, right? I, I like nosebleed seats at hockey games. I don't like sitting up on the glass because the closer you get to the glass in a hockey game, the less you see. And it's really faster, too, for some reason, when you're up close, and it's just a lot to follow. And your 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 line of view sucks. It's only as good as when the players are in front of you. When they're far away on the other end, it's not that great. Center ice. I like to go center ice third deck, you know, thir- center ice nosebleed. And if I can't, I like either getting on either side of the goal. Those are great viewpoints for a hockey game. So, that's a couple hundred bucks for a nosebleed seat, right? This can't be that much. And I go on Ticketmaster and they're going for $1,500. $1,500 for a nosebleed seat to the opening night game against the Vancouver Canucks on October 23rd. It's $1,500 a seat. Are you shitting me? Like, are you shitting me, Seattle? Dude, that's Stanley Cup money. Okay, that's Stanley Cup final ticket prices. $1500 a nosebleed seat. It's your first game? You haven't even played a game yet? Oh, man. I can't do it. I for a for a, I understand it. I get the significance of it, man. It's probably going to be the last time that the NHL expands for a long time. No other team is probably going to get a, uh, I'm sorry, no city, no other city is probably going to get another team for the NHL in a long time. And I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I can't do that. I just can't $1,500 just to get in the door. That's not counting food. That's not counting parking. That's not counting what other shit you're going to buy at the game. That's not counting any of that. That's just to get in the door unreal, man. I mean, if you're doing it, shout out to you, man. Bless your heart. I don't think it's worth it. And I'm a pretty huge hockey fan. But that, to me, is not worth it. Kind of closing this out here uh, my uh, for the Kraken. my final thought on this team going forward and my general overall feeling is that, look, it's a pretty solid team. Okay. It's a pretty solid team. You're coming into a pretty dog shit division, minus the Vegas Golden Knights, right? You got the advantages. You got really two really solid goalies. Okay. And for all the Kraken fans, just to kind of ease your nerves and calm you down a little bit. Let's just all calm down. Let's relax here. Listen to me. Eyes on the screen. Listen to me. Or if you're listening on the podcast, podcast mode, just ears, just tune your ears real quick. It's going to be okay. Okay, it's going to be all right. Ron Francis is thinking 2 to 3 years out. He's not thinking now. Okay? We're going to be competitive. We're going to make the playoffs. Probably first or second round exit. Okay? Don't be don't be shocked. I'm recording it now. Okay? It's it's on file for the entire world to see to go back to to reference it. I said it. Probably a first or second round exit. Okay? It's going to be hard to compete with teams in the west. The the actual teams in the West, not the Pacific Division, the Central Division. It's getting deep. Blackhawks got deep. Okay. They they made some move. They got the flower now. They got Marc Andre Fleury. Got Seth Jones. They still got Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Okay. They they're solid now. Avalanche lost a lot of lost a lot of D men. But trust me, Joe Sackick is not a dummy. He's gonna rebuild that team. They're going to be really good. Vegas going to be really good. Okay. LA emerging. LA's emerging. All right. So don't. They're better than 90% of the teams in the division, but they're not as good as the top teams in the West right now. They're just not. So that's my final thoughts on that. Stay tuned. We're going to take another little break. Little ladies and gentlemen, we will be back. What's up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to ThriveFantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SS Network. And that's right with our friends at Thrive Fantasy. Look, man, football's coming up, right? Football's coming up. You like fantasy football. Who doesn't? Dude, they created an entire show about it, right? The league. You guys ever watch the league out there? Anybody ever watch the league? Yeah, that's all about fantasy football. Not on anymore, but was a very great show. I I rewatch it all the time, especially when football season comes around. My point is, is that our friends at Thrive Fantasy you can get a $50 matching deposit with the code SS Network right now. Go sign up, man. Play for some money. Play for some money. Play some fantasy sports for some money. You like football? I mean, basketball's coming up too. NBA's coming up too. NHL's coming up too. There's fantasy hockey. There's fantasy baseball going on right now. What are you guys waiting for? SS Network, the code for our Thrive Fantasy $50 match right now. Go ahead and sign up for that stuff, man. Go ahead and sign up for that stuff. Great stuff. And I as, as also you saw you saw my friend, our good wrestling buddy, Mal Gooley. You can go ahead and tune into his live streams too. For all your WWE AEW TNA Impact. You guys like that stuff? You like wrestling? He's got you covered. Also, all the Chicago teams as well. Chicago Bears, Chicago Bulls, Chicago Cubs. That's my friend Mal Gooley. You can catch him on the Spotlight Sports Network YouTube channel as well. All right. Now we get into the third team I like. Denver Broncos here. We're going to have some Broncos talk right now. Um, first of all, I know the NFL is really hype right now. And training camp has started and everything. And I'm probably going to bum some people out with this. And I'm probably going to lose probably a lot of viewers about this. I am not going to talk about training camp. I'm just not. If you're looking for training camp in-depth dives, go somewhere else. It's not happening here. I think training camp is absolutely boring. I don't see any interest in it. It's a bunch of players competing against air, and when they're not competing against air, they're playing tickle fight and touching each other. They're they're hardly hitting. Okay, maybe they hit, what is it, one to two practices a week? Okay, it's, it's not the way training camp used to be. That's my point. I'm not going to talk about it. It does nothing in the long run. Okay. It does nothing. The only thing, the only reason why training camp really matters is because coaches are looking for, if you can run the play, right, your play formations, your blocking schemes. Is the quarterback making the right reads? Is the defense making the right reads? Are the are the offensive linemen making the right blocks they need to open up for the running back? That's all they're looking at right now, guys. I can't stand it. And it's the thing that's going on in Denver media locally, is all these guys are taking score of Locker Bridgewater, Locker Bridgewater. I don't give two shits in a dog's pile, quite honestly. I don't because I have it made up in my mind that Vic Fangio has it made up in his mind of who is the starting quarterback of this team. Okay. He's just not telling anybody right now. He's not. All right. So I'm not talking about anything else in training camp. Other than the fact that I'm really getting tired of the indecisiveness of this, of Vic Fangio and him not really saying who the starter is, even though we all know he knows, we all know he knows. Okay. Um, it's kind of irritating me, but I guess Vic Fangio last year admitted to before locks first start that he likes to play games. So I think it's really just him keeping it away from the media because that we all know, I think Vic Fangio knows what he's doing. And I think he knows that the longer you keep it from the media, the more the media strives to, to do it. And it's just attention, and it's, you know, it's it's a mind game. He likes mind mind games for some reason. I, I I will say this too about training camp. One more thing. This is two things about training camp. I'm not gonna get into any battles or anything except for the except for this one little comment on quarterback battle. If you're not willing to name Drew Locke as a starting quarterback right now, what are we doing? If you can't decide whether this guy is good enough to be the future of your team, which is the biggest question that Broncos fan base has had for a long time, what are we doing? What are we doing? What What is what is Drew Locke doing here? If he's not showing you enough in training camp to, know, to tell you that he's the guy, why don't we just cut him loose? And oh, by the way, if Justin Fields is merges as a good quarterback for the Chicago Bears, knowing that the fact that the Broncos had a chance to draft him, he was right there. I am going to lose my damn mind because that will be like what the third quarterback in 3 years that we've had a chance to go and get and we just like nah, we'll get this guy down here at the bottom. I don't understand what it is, but John Elway is so scared to pull the trigger on a quarterback. And would rather get I say this with a little bit of salt because obviously it's worked one time for the Broncos. But he has this infatuation of going getting going and getting Really old quarterbacks. He did it with Peyton Manning, and it paid off. Okay, but not everybody is Peyton Manning, and you and you had the little Aaron Rodgers little fiasco this off season, and you know, is he going to come to the Broncos? Is he not? It was a done deal on draft night, according to Adam Schefter, apparently, which was like the biggest like bomb of his career. Which, no offense, to Adam Schefter, Adam Schefter is the man. I'm not trying to dog on Adam Schefter here, but when are we going to ever take a chance on a young quarterback that has a ton of promise? You had that guy in Justin Fields this year. Okay. You had that guy right in your hands and you chose not to go and get him. And it's so frustrating. But back to the training camp thing. I honestly think that you get more. You get more of an evaluation and more of a feel for your team in those joint practices that are coming up that you do with other teams than you do training camp sessions. So everybody else can go gawk over training camp all they want. I'm just going to be here, and I'm going to wait for the season to start. Which, by the way, I do plan on – I aside from doing this show, I do live play-by-play. I'm doing live play-by-play today of the Giants and Brewers game. Um, I plan on doing live play-by-play for the Broncos games. I'm not going to do any preseason games because it's just a bunch of guys who are not really – a lot of the guys that are going to be playing are not going to be guys that make this team. So – and they're practice games, guys. They're practice games. I'm not doing them. Sorry. Season begins. First game gets New York Giants. was that, September 13th? I'm here. We're doing it. You know? I will be doing live play-by-play for the Kraken, Broncos, Giants, and Nuggets this year. So that's kind of look forward to that. Um, another thing with the Broncos I wanted to talk to this weekend, as we all know, is a Hall of Fame weekend for the NFL. We had the Hall of Fame game Thursday, Giants-Cowboys. From what I gather, I didn't watch it, but from what I gather, it was pretty lame because <laughs> – uh, you're not going to overstress your team on a Hall of Fame game. It's just not happening. But we all know for the Broncos, it, uh, Peyton Manning, Steve Atwater, John Lynch going in all Denver Broncos, uh, not Manning and Lynch, not Broncos for their entire career, but the glory years that they had were with the Broncos, except for Lynch. Lynch, he won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Uh, you can't really take that from him, but My biggest gripe right now with the Hall of Fame and the Denver Broncos is why are none of the Orange Crush defense in the Hall of Fame? At least three guys in particular I'm going to highlight right here. Okay, Number one, Randy Gratishar. It is a damn crime that Randy Gratishar is not in the Hall of Fame right now. I am super upset by this. Just just listen to these numbers here. Just listen to these numbers and tell me if this doesn't scream Hall of Fame. Yes, I know he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he was on that famous Orange Crush 77 defense, okay? It's one of the greatest defenses in the NFL history. Let's get that. I don't care if you're a Broncos fan or not. You can't tell me that the Orange Crush defense of 1977 was not the greatest, one of the greatest defenses to ever emerge in this league. And if you don't agree... You need to get help because with guys like these on this team, how in the hell are they not Hall of Famers? Randy Gradishar, okay, twenty interceptions, four touchdowns for some reason. Here we go, right here, Hall of Fame number. Anybody puts up this number, any linebacker puts up this number and wins a Super Bowl, automatic Hall of Fame. Two thousand forty-nine tackles in his career, two thousand in his career, okay. 2,049 tackles, and he played from 1974 to 1983 with the Broncos. 19 and a half sacks average, okay? Seven-time pro bowler, two-time all-pro, first team, first team, okay? And the 1978 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. How? Just just how? <laughs> how is he not in there? I don't get it. And then you got another guy who was an absolute shining star at a defensive back on that team, Lewis Wright first round 17th overall pick in the 1975 draft but selected by the Denver Broncos. Here we go. You guys ready for this? 26 interceptions career, okay? 165 games played his career. Pro bowl selection, first team all pro. Anybody puts up those other numbers? I, I mean, he was a, he was a very very Key part for that team. Okay. Covered 11 fumbles. He was an absolute force to be reckoned with. Selected to five Pro Bowls in a day where Pro Bowls mattered. Pro Bowls don't matter anymore. But back in those days, it mattered. And those guys played. Go look at 1970s, 1980s football, and you want to tell me those guys didn't play. Those guys played. All right. All pro corner. All pro. Anybody else puts up those numbers and wins the Super Bowl, you're like, yeah, Hall of Famer. No doubt about it. Another guy I want to highlight and was a huge, Huge part of that 77 defense, Mr. Number 77 himself, Carl Mecklenburg. 79 and a half sacks for his whole career. Five interceptions, three-time All-Pro, first team, six-time Pro Bowler. Right here, born in Washington, born in Seattle right here. Him and Gratishar were monsters. Go look it up. Go, go look it up. Go look up Randy Gratishar and Carl Mecklenburg. Their highlights on YouTube. You know you got YouTube, how you use that thing now? Go look that up. Go look it up. Go look them up. Go look go look at how they played. These guys didn't get the accolades of their career for nothing. This was not some bullshit accolade that they were replacements in for because players couldn't play in the pro bowl that year. No, they were selected selected at first. Anytime you make an all pro first team, you were pretty damn late that year. Uh, Yeah, not, it's not to be taken lightly and the hall of fame really needs to reconsider those three selections there. Because I'm tired of not seeing Randy Gratishar get in the Hall of Fame. Steve Atwater, it's about damn time. I'm so happy he got selected. It's about damn time because he had been knocking on the door forever. Two-time Super Bowl champion Steve Atwater. Go look at that hit. I can't remember who it was. Man, that hit he put on that Kansas City linebacker in 95. Oh, my God. Took his soul. I forget his name. Took his soul. Took his absolute soul. It was on a Monday night game. Yeah, go look at go look at his go look at his hit against Marcus Allen. Let's go do that. Absolutely sat him on his ass. Okay, let's go look that up. Let's go look that. Up. That being in mind, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take another short break. We will be back. Stay here. It's the Case by Case Sports Show here on the Spotlight Sports Network. That's right. We are here live on the Spotlight Sports Network, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Case by Case Sports Show here on the Spotlight Sports Network. Man, make sure you guys go and follow me on Instagram, please. Just do me a favor. Do that. I got an Instagram. It's Case by Case Sports Show. Um, Go ahead and follow me there. Follow me there. She's good God. I can't f- we can talk today. All right. Moving on. Last team to discuss here the San Francisco Giants. As we all know, biggest news with them signed Chris Bryant last week. Had a monster first game. Okay. Homeward first game. Came over from the Cubs. Okay. You know, a big surprise this year in the NL West, quite honestly. A big surprise know, these last few games lost on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, one Thursday. So we took the series from the, from the Diamondbacks. Lost yesterday to the Brewers, 2-1 final. Yikes. Um, back at it again today. I will be doing live play-by-play for that game. If you guys want to tune in right back here on the Spotlight Sports Network YouTube channel, I will have live play-by-play call for that game. Um, I kind of want to say this about the Giants, though. Eh? Uh, man, is this, is this team like I am salivating of what this team could be? If as long as the pitching holds up for the San Francisco, Giants, and I, I guess that's a caveat with any other team, right? As long as the pitching holds up, this team is going to be oh, amazing. Okay. In the next couple of weeks, we got Brandon Belt coming back. And we have um wow. Why am I blinking? Brandon Belt is coming back off of IR and there was one other guy, and I don't know why I'm missing here that I, I'm I'm missing. I don't understand why I'm missing it right now. Uh sorry, excuse me. Brandon <laughs> Brandon Belt and uh I guess Brandon Crawford came back, so we got Crawford back, and we got Brandon Belt. So got those guys coming back. Okay. Crawford's been okay. Crawford's been okay since he came back. Uh Belt Um you know he's doing all right. He's he's on assignment right now. He's on assignment. So um you know hopefully he comes back and bees. And, and return to the brand of build of old. But like I said, uh, the Giants are facing a little bit of pitching woes right now, just a little bit. It's as long as we can hold the starters can hold up and put in five solid innings, this team is going to be amazing. Okay. G- Gabe Kapler is an amazing general manager for this team. Well, manager for this team. Um, You know, I haven't really been watching the Giants lately, but I can tell you that that pitching holds up is going to be good. It's going to be good, man. I mean, you guys, you got Mikey Stremski on this team, okay? Donovan Solano's having a a solid season, okay? Turning it in. Um, Buster Posey's having a resurgence of 10 years ago for some reason. Buster Posey is just like amazing. You know, a lot of people had a question about the Giants too. Why didn't they go out and get Max Scherzer? Why didn't they go out and get Trey Turner? Why did they get? Why did they get Max Scherzer? Scherzer is really the question. Top pitching, uh, starter, starter pitching, start, starting pitcher in this league. Why didn't we go get it, guys? I don't think the Giants necessarily need Max Scherzer. Okay starting rotation they have right now is pretty damn solid. It's pretty damn solid. I mean, have you not, have we not been watching this last week? I mean, yeah, I know we beat up on the Arizona Diamondbacks, okay? I know we beat up on the Diamondbacks, but... You know, we have a 3.33 or 3.34 ERA as a team. We're first in the NL West. We got a three-game lead right now. Uh I think we got we got a four game lead over the Dodgers right now. Okay. Let's just calm down here. I know Giants are panicking. We're six and four in our last ten. But we still got we're still good. 69 and 41, baby. We're good. And you compare that, I mean, I know we're taking on the, the leader of the NL Central today. You compare that around the league? Dude, that's right where every team who's leading the division in both leagues are at. That's where they're at. They're about 66. Philadelphia, 57 wins. Brewers, 66 wins. Giants, were at 69. Well, let's, let's go over to the American League. Let's see what the, what's going on over there. Oh, Ray, 66 wins. White Sox leading the AL Central, 64 wins. Astros leading the AL West, 65 wins. We are good. We are right there, okay? We're right there with the elite teams that we need to be with. This team is going to be fine. All right. That being said, that is about my time here on the Spotlight Sports Network. Here for the Case by Case Sports Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in for my first episode. I really appreciate it. If you if you missed it, you don't. You're like, you know what, Jeremy? I got a lot of shit to do on Saturdays, man. I just can't come and watch your show. That's fine. I'm going to be uploading the audio versions to all your favorite podcast apps. You can go catch it there if you missed anything. You missed anything, and I'll break it down by segments too. You're like, you know what, Jeremy? I'm really a fan of the San Francisco Giants, but I am not a fan of the Seattle Kraken. That's okay. I'll break it up into segments. I'll I'll put just the teams I talk about on there specifically. That way, you guys can just get your fix, man. Come and get your fix with the case by Kate Sports Show and all of our other shows here on the Spotlight Sports Network. I will be back in approximately three hours to do live play-by-play for the San Francisco Giants and the Milwaukee Brewers, live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Coming up here on the Spotlight Sports Network, I want to thank you guys so much. Be sure to tune in every Saturday here. I'm typically going to go on at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern. I just went on a little bit late today because I had to do a whole rebranding. As you guys can see, I got look to look at this. Where, uh, how am I going to move? I got an awesome... Awesome, cool new logo. Great intro. Banging intro. We're we're just getting started, baby. We're just getting started here on the Spotlight Sports Network, guys. And trust me, I've been having conversations with the boss. We're all up in our game. We're all up in our game here. Be sure to stay tuned and check it out, man. Thank you guys so much for checking it out. I really appreciate it. I will see you guys next weekend. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Case by Case Sports Show. Be sure to like and subscribe on this channel and on the Spotlight Sports Network for all your sports news and updates.